Hashtag SAFM Facts of Faith Here, there and everywhere SAFM 104.4 FM in Hermanus So the Supreme Court of Appeal has upheld an application from a religious organization, right, after an Isipingo Beach resident in KZN interdicted them from sounding an amplified call to prayer in 2020. Now, this Isipingo resident acquired a high court interdict after complaining that the call to prayer interfered with his personal space, personal and private space. This then prevented um, the, the an Islamic Institute after they were prevented from sounding an amplified call to prayer. But uh, now it seems things have taken a turn. We're joined by Dr. Faisal Suleiman from the South African Muslim Network. Thank you very much, Dr. Suleiman, for joining us. Good evening. Dr. Suleiman, good evening. Good evening. Hi. Thank you for having me. Now, when 2020, uh, this particular uh, high court interdict was issued out, did this not sound, um, you know, bells of religious intolerance in South Africa? Yes, it did. Uh, in this particular case, uh, Mr. Lowry, the neighbor that complained, made no bones about his absolute hatred for Muslims and Islam. Um, you know, it, it wasn't just about uh, noise interference. Uh, if, you know, you know. If you read his his, uh, his application and his reason, um, he just doesn't like Muslims. He doesn't like uh, the Muslims in his area. You know, he he made no bones about it that this religion would that Muslims around him would disappear. So in his case, um, it stemmed from an unrepentant, unbridled nature uh, point Dr. Suleiman, Dr. Suleiman, your line is really not good. I'm going to ask if uh, you can uh, try and get a better connection. Uh, it to be reasonable. Yeah, and, and it applies, you know, it'll apply to church bells, uh, songs from a Hindu temple. It, it, in fact, in this case, you know, the, the, the original judgment even applied to, uh, you know, if you're living next to a park and there's a, there's a, there's a choir or there's a symphony in a, in a, in a botanical garden, uh, that, that all had implications from, from the first judgment. Dr. Sudman, are you still there? Yes. All right. So th- this particular, um, you know, application by the Supreme resident obviously uh, put a, a halt and a damper on, uh, you know, the work or the spiritual work and prayer that you as an, um, you know, as the South African Muslim Network um, had to embark on. Obviously, you did not take the standing. So what were some of the steps that you went through to ensure that there's a turn in this particular interdict? All right. You're you, you breaking up now and then, so I haven't heard all of your questions. But I, I think the point here is about reasonableness and about an unfettered disturbance of, of your private space. The other issue that came up very strongly, uh, the African Muslim decided that in his understanding of Islam, um, the, the, uh, the, the call to prayer was not essential. You know, we have another case at the moment, uh, a school in Greytown that is refusing entry to, uh, to uh, two Muslim or one Muslim boy and another 
uh, because they want to keep short beards. And, and it, it is saying to those Muslim boys, in our opinion, the keeping of a beard is not, Islam, is not essential in the Islamic faith. And this court held the judgment now, the, the, the SDA included that in his judgment, that it's not for one person or someone of another faith to prescribe to another faith what is essential. And in this case, this, we are talking about practices that are 1,450 years old. Uh, you know, something not really nilly that came out, uh, you know, a week ago or a month ago. Um, that to prescribe to somebody else what is essential and what is not essential uh, in, their, in, the, in their belief system. Um, and, and that is something else that was so, so important here. Because the implications otherwise were, were, were tremendous for all these communities, for, for Ubuntu, for tolerance, for people living now in mixed suburbs where there are mosques, where there were none, where there are churches perhaps where there were none, or even sports facilities. So it, it is such an important um, judgment in terms of, of, of uh, reasonableness, promoting tolerance, and, and more importantly, keeping out the crazies of whatever religious faith one may have. I mean, if this was not upheld, um, you could have extremists from any religious group start to be- become vexatious litigants against other religious groups. And people with money and, 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 and legal resources could then really make life very difficult for other religious communities who don't have legal resources. You know, Dr. Suleiman, I'm always um, bringing back my, my, my mind frame to the fact that we, as South Africa, call ourselves a rainbow nation. So we understand that we are diverse, but we are connected or interconnected. And um, almost a dec- uh, three decades uh, into democracy, why are we still seeing uh, such happening? Intolerance, whether it's for religious or cultural uh, practices in our midst, and how can we root them out? Because it's it's not enough that we just have the courts um, give an interdict, but we should be able to be tolerant and caring for each other as South Africans. Absolutely. Misha, you know, one of the reasons we started the project many years ago called the Mosque Open Day on Heritage Day, 24th hour, our public holiday of opening the mosque, was for exact reason that you're talking about, to say, we'll open the mosque for two hours, it's a public holiday, make it you know, around your neighborhood, go visit the mosque, speak to these people that that you ask about madrasa, ask about the mosque, ask about whatever you'd like to ask about, get to know each other. And our experience over the years has shown the very people that were that that, that were objective to, to Muslims wanting to buy land to build a mosque or have a rezoning, after they've come to the mosque, they've met and, and, and had a discussion. And, and, and this is, in fact, we're saying now to the community in Espingo, you know, Go sit down with this madrasa. If there's an issue and, or around any mosque, if there's parking on a Friday, I mean, I live very close to churches. On a Sunday, you know, we've said to our mosque, open your, your, your parking on a Sunday or if there's a school event to the school around you, to the church around you, so people can come park in the mosque parking. Let's work together. Now, to answer your question, because religion is such an emotive issue, and, 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 and very, we're talking about, some, in some cases, thousands of years of deep-held uh, misconceptions, uh, propaganda, uh, you know, deeply-held beliefs. Uh, and, and Mr. Lowry, sadly, is a very prime example of this. And, and you have this huge right-wing movement now under the new Prime Minister, Mr. Modi, in India, unashamedly, you know, uh, promoting uh, a, a nationalist, uh, almost neo-Nazi uh, fundamentalist ideology, and, 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 and like Mr. Trump, 
um, in America, when you have people in power promoting this, it gives legitimacy in Mr. Trump's case to rednecks, in Mr. Modi's case to to to, to extremists, and 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 clearly this is not uh, going to assist what what you spoke about building the rainbow nation. So there's nothing like talking, nothing like going out and 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 and, and you know we've we've shown it in our our democratic transition of sitting down and having a chat, resorting to the courts and and and, and hatred is not going to solve any problems. And and it is such an important lesson for us at the moment, particularly this judgment that says you have to be reasonable. You cannot let your personal prejudices then uh, affect an entire community. Um, it's about deep, deeply held prejudices, um, you know, and, and sometimes um, combination of, of, of the media. Uh, one just has, if I mean, let's use a contemporary example. One just has to look, Patricia, at the at the way Qatar is being vilified uh, at the moment uh, in in the Western press, and the way that this whole World Cup in Qatar is being is being um, covered, uh, and and the type of what is being asked of Qatar is why haven't someone gone to the French and say for a, a society that talks about freedom. You banning you do you won't even let a Muslim woman in her home. You you wanted to leave and if she wears a headscarf, you are saying to her, We're gonna rip it off you. Not allowed. You can't get a job, you can't be seen in public with this and and and, 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 and the Muslims are expected to obey the French law. Um, but yet you 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 know, you have an issue uh, with, with alcohol not being served uh, in a stadium and for good reason. Um, many of the of the disasters that have happened in, in, in football matches, whether in England, whether, you know, uh, wherever over the world, a lot of it has attributed to people whose inhibitions have been lost and don't listen to instructions and do their own thing, partly because, in no small measure, because alcohol does that. It takes away your inhibitions. So, the, you know, the part of the answer to your question is, it's also a, a strong influence of the media, how, how Islam is portrayed, how Muslims are portrayed, that, that helps to, to, to maintain the type of stereotyping and Islamophobia that we see. All right, so let, let's talk about the call to prayer. Um, if anyone has gone into a, uh, a community that has a mosque in it, uh, there are certain hours in the morning and the afternoon that will have a sounding call to prayer, and this is what we are talking about. Uh, Dr. Suleiman, did the call to prayer um, exist in the times of um, uh, Prophet Muhammad? And was it the same? Because it seems like there's technology that's being utilized. And what is the significance yes. of the call to prayer? So, so yes, um, the call to prayer um, through inspiration, through a dream. Um, the Christians had church, a church they used to ring the bell at the time um, to call people to church. Uh, we are now talking about uh, sort of, you know, 600 uh, A.D., um, and the, the, the Azan started at the time of the Prophet uh, to call people to prayer. The exact Azan has stayed the same as has the Quran. There's no difference in that. Clearly, um, modern instruments, whether it's um, amplification, and these days you have an app on your phone that will tell you when is the Azan, and, and multi-plural societies means you don't necessarily have to have it over a loud hailer, particularly, uh, look, apartheid made it such that Indians or, or, or Malays were, were bunched together. So you had almost homogenous societies in those areas, and the call to prayer didn't disturb anybody else. Um, 
and we're saying now that there are other ways of people knowing what time the prayer is going to be or just, you know, setting alarms on your phone, apps, etc. So, yes, in a case where you're in a mixed society, it may not be necessary to have the azan over, over the loud hailer. In Mr. Ilauri's case, it wasn't the loud hailer that bothered him. He lived right next door. So even though they were, they were, they were reading the azan or calling out the azan without a loud hailer, it still bugged him. It just that, uh, you know, but, but he was an extreme example. But I think to, to, to your point, um, there are other ways, uh, that you, the mosque that I attend is in a mix now, previously white suburb. The azan is not in a loud hailer. Because um, it is, it's not fair to, to, to wake people up, uh, your neighbors up at 3 o'clock or 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning with a, with a louder run that is not applicable to them. So Muslims need to adjust as well. But, you know, it, 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 is not, it was not for Mr. Larry to say to the Muslim community, I don't see the need for you to have a run. I don't think it's intrinsic to your religion. It is intrinsic to your religion, but adjustments can be made clearly. So uh, there's a message here that says religious uh, tolerance uh, comes with understanding each tradition and religion. A call to prayer in any religion should be accommodated. Uh, this is uh, from Olisa. There's also a voice note from an A-teamer. All right, yeah. this voice note is not appropriate, apparently. Okay, I'm going to stay away from it um, because we want to make sure that we are all on the right side. You know, when it comes to intolerance of uh, each other's traditions and religions, isn't it because we don't know about each other's religions uh, and we don't interact much? You've just said now that in the community where you are based, it is um, previously predominantly white community and now it's a mixed community because of democracy. However, the mosque that is there does not do a, a call to prayer, an azar call to prayer and people are using apps and other means to remind them of, of, of the, the azar and, and, and prayer times. Um, but now that's, yeah. that's the accommodation from the Islamic community uh, to the rest of their community. But what if there was more education to the rest of the community so they could then also understand why an azar is done and um, the significance of it is? How can we get this education going in our communities? Yeah, Pratisha, in case I, 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 must, uh, I didn't say it properly, the call to prayer is given. That, that's compulsory before the prayers. However, it is not necessarily in a, in a society like we have now here to, to do it over a loud hailer. So you do it softly in the mosque. Um, and uh, that, that is absolutely necessary, but it's not necessary in, a, like Very say, loud, in, in, yes. in some cases to have it over a PA system mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, it, it, it reaches all the people around you. So that, that's not necessary uh, in, in societies where you're in a mixed suburb. Um, you could do it in, in a homogenous Muslim area or, you know, in other parts of the Muslim world where it's 99% Muslim or whatever, then clearly anyone who's traveled in the Middle East or ever will, 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 will know that. So, yeah, absolutely. To answer your question, 150% correct. It's, it's the ignorance. It's, it's long-held prejudices. It's often what is taught, whether it's in a church or a temple or a mosque, um, that sometimes fuels the ignorance or fuels the prejudice. There's also, you know... <laughs> Uh, I think it was uh, Dick Cheney uh, the, or, or Donald Ramsworth himself. You know, it's not our fault that our oil is in Arab countries. So to, in order to justify that, you have to portray a certain 
in South Africa, we had to have a Roy Khafar and a Swar Khafar to justify apartheid, to make, to, to make it a bit more palatable. And if you study, suddenly start to show Arabs or Muslims, particularly in these areas, as human beings, uh, you may have to then kind of explain why you, you can wipe them out for their oil. But as long as you portray them, uh, for political reasons, Palestine is a very good example, the Afghanis, uh, when there was the Russian invasion and then the subsequent American invasion, as long as you portray them as the other, they are not us, they're not civilized, they don't look like us, they don't speak like us, you know, they don't share our beliefs. I mean, you know, George, fam- uh, George uh, Bush famously, before he, the war on terror was unleashed on people who had nothing to do with 9-11, was like, you know, uh, they are the other. They're not us. They don't share our values. So it's okay to wipe them out. So, so you have to understand that the politics that is also intermingled with ensuring a particular worldview. At the moment, you know, one just has to look at the, whether you agree you know, with, with Russia or you disagree. But if you look at the type of coverage of Russia and Ukraine, it's a binary. It's, Ukraine is 150% good and Russia is 100%, 150% bad. And that's it. It's a binary argument. And the same thing, I think, more or less applies what the kind of worldview that is presented uh, generally in the West about Islam, and, and, and there's good political reason to do that. You cannot have Muslims and Arabs being seen, or uh, Palestinians, as normal people with the same values that you cherish and the same concerns as parents and as human beings, uh, but with a different uh, religious uh, system. And, and we know it too well from our own apartheid history, because then it's easier to justify what you can do to them. Um, I mean, you can go back to how, you know, the indigenous societies, whether in Australia, in New Zealand, in North America, in the, the entire South America were wiped out. They were wiped out with a religious backing. They were wiped out with, with, with religious justification. We know it too well from our own history. So there's not only about ignorance. There's clear political agendas that will, 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 will push that agenda and, and, and push that stereotype because it, it makes political sense. You made example of what is currently happening at the World Cup with Qatar that, you know, upholding Islamic uh, law and uh, and, and Islamic uh, teachings, alcohol is not being sold and the, the, the rest of uh, the global community is, is not happy with this. And there's many other issues such as, you know, the public display of affection, uh, the dress code, um, the issues of the LGBTQI um, community and so on. And, you know, this this is one thing that I think maybe it's a, uh, due to ignorance or a lack of understanding, for a better word, that the global community does not understand much about Islam. Maybe that's why we have such narratives of um, of Islam. How can we change that and, and start becoming more accepting of Islam? Education, mm-hmm. um, interfaith gatherings, Programs like these, the opportunity to, to question Muslims, we started it, we, we thought the open mosque program would be clearly once a year is, is not enough, but it's a start. And look, in this case, you know, um, from what I've been reading, it was clearly made, you know, and, and the Qataris are paying a, paying, uh, a fine um, to, to the alcohol companies for the kind of business they would have lost had it all been allowed. You know, I, to give you a simple example, in, in South Africa, people do not know, Hashim Amla used to pay a fine to SA Breweries for not wearing the SA Breweries logo. I mean, anyone who knows cricket will know who Hashim Amla is, uh, one of our best cricketers in the past uh, probably 10 years or so. 
But a fine to SA Breweries for not wearing the SAB's uh, SA Breweries logo on his shirt because of his religious uh, beliefs. And, and Qataris are doing the same thing. They're compensating the alcohol companies. Where I think what maybe FIFA was afraid of, of, of people wouldn't go at all and kept it quiet until now. Maybe the pro- that, that education to the fans should have started some time back to say, you can have alcohol, but not in the stadiums. You can have it in, in designated pubs and restaurants, etc., within your hotel, but there's not going to be alcohol allowed, like, you know, street, 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 uh, like we had your fan parks with alcohol within the, within the stadia. I think that, that both the Qataris or, or FIFA or, or both should have done a lot more education about that. Similar, similarly, with, with the LG, they haven't said you can't, LGBT people can, cannot come to Qatar. They've said you, will, you, you cannot in public be doing what, you know, for that matter, even, even men and women. As you said, this public show of, you know, kissing, etc. in public, um, it, 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 it's not um, permitted in, 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 in our religion, and you need to respect it. On the other hand, I've seen alternative coverage of people who are there, and they're full of compliments. Yes, they've had to adjust to not having alcohol. They've had to maybe be more sober and understand, look at the game from a, so, from, from a more sober perspective while they're watching it in the stadium. Um, but, they've, you know, it, it, it hasn't been a train smash. Um, so it's a matter of prejudice. It's a matter of education. This could have been done much better from both the Qataris and FIFA, I think, as far as this, these two particular issues, the LGBT and the alcohol issue goes. But having looked at the way it has been covered from talk show hosts, from late night shows, it is just so, so the, 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 the stereotyping, the narrative that is so one-sided, is so obvious um, that, that it beggars belief that seasoned journalists will not say, let's look at another perspective and just regurgitate what they're being told, um, you know, from, from, from the top it appears, uh, without, you know, giving even the semblance of a balanced perspective. Dr. Suleiman, it's very clear that uh, much more engagement on uh, social cohesion and understanding and tolerance of religious and cultural practices is needed in South Africa and globally. Um, and uh, platforms such as Facts of Faith do give that opportunity, but we need to do more. We need to do more so that no child is not permitted to be at school based on their religious practices uh, that will be shown outwards and uh, that we are understanding of every practice, uh, whether you're Muslim, uh, you're Christian, you're Hindu, you're Buddhist. We need to have a better understanding. And thank goodness in South Africa we've got a constitution that um, protects and hails for all to have equality. I'm, I'm very glad about this particular interdict from the High Court. Uh, and you were also reported by News24 saying that the judgment is a victory for all religions. Oh, it is, absolutely. It's a, it's, a, it's a victory for Ubuntu, it's a victory for reasonableness, and importantly, it does not open the door for extremists of any persuasion to use the original judgment to then, you know, uh, try to, to, to subjugate or to, to hinder other people's religious practices. And, and this is what the court has made clear. To the extent that uh, the religious practice of one group does not interfere reasonably with your life or your comfort or your, or, or your, your space, you cannot, based on your prejudice, then ask that you know, uh, entire community or religion to change its practices, which is what 
not the Hilary in, you know, originally wanted. And I think uh, that, that paves the way for reasonableness, reasonableness, and 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 sort of mutual, not just tolerance. You know, Patricia, I used to say a lot: we must tolerate each other. I, I think we pass tolerance. It's about respect. It's about understanding that you know we live in a multicultural society, and you have to be respectful, or you got to find your own little oranja and move to it. <laughs> Dr. Uh, Faisal Suleiman, thank you for joining us. Uh, let's let's uh, rather opt for us to, to have uh, cohesion as South Africans. Let this rainbow shine brighter. Thank you for joining us. And let me say congratulations on this interdict. Definitely a win for uh, the Islam uh, faith, but all other religions and traditional practices. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure.